Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Brew Podcast right here on maizeandbrew.com. I'm Vaughn Lozon, and with me to talk about a slew of Michigan football recruiting updates this week, John Simmons is back and is Seth Barry. John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? I'm good. Had a fun time. Went to a bachelor party in Pittsburgh, actually. And, uh, you know, good to be back talking with you guys. Awesome. Hey, I, I love a good bachelor party. Um, you, know, you can't go around with that. Pittsburgh, uh, been there one time. Great city. Have no complaints about that place uh, whatsoever. Seth, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a, I feel like it's been a hot minute since uh, I've last spoken with you um, over these podcast airwaves. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, last week I was, I was out, but yeah, I'm doing all right. It was a decent weekend for me. Um, you know, today was a little bit ruined um, with the Michigan baseball ending there. That was oh. that was quite the quite the controversial uh, finish. So I'm still kind of recovering from that. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a rabid Michigan. You know, I don't follow them closely. But when they get to the postseason, they make a run. You know, I like to gravitate toward their success and how they're doing. And that was a rough rough call there in the eighth. So <laughs> it was a rough way to go, man. Um... I don't know what it is about Louisville, but uh, I mean, this is what two controversial uh, uh, officiating with uh, Michigan versus Louisville. This one being baseball. uh, The last one, of course, being the uh, Trey Burke block that was called a foul. Um, 
if we just like never played Louisville and anything ever again, I think I'd be okay with it. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, man, we, we have a lot to get to today uh, on the football recruiting front. Uh, there's been quite a bit going on over the past week. Uh, we'll look ahead to the official visitors this weekend, but we want to start today's podcast talking about the 24 class and uh, with one prospect in particular who is not only in Michigan's backyard, uh, but is a Michigan legacy. It is Lloyd Carr's grandson, CJ Carr, who just so happens to be the number one prospect in the state of Michigan in the 24 class. He's the number five overall quarterback in the class. He is number 24 nationally, a five-star prospect at 6'3", 190 from Celine. So again, right in Michigan's backyard. He's been going to Michigan games, grew up a Michigan fan. I mean, he's in one of the biggest Michigan families uh, around uh, today by far. So it was kind of surprising to me to see all of these crystal balls start flowing to Notre Dame today. And then there was the announcement today, Monday, June 6th is when we're recording this, that CJ Carr would be committing later this week on Thursday. And obviously Notre Dame, Michigan among the finalists, as is Michigan State, but State hasn't really been recruiting him all that hard. A few other finalists in there as well, but it really looks like this is going to be Notre Dame uh, that he's going to be committing to. Uh, Really just uh, from the outside looking in at least, and not really having any like ears to the ground, so to speak, um, as far as, as connections or knowing what is going on with this recruitment really seems like a dropped ball on Michigan's part to have a, a guy like CJ Carr in your backyard and have it be the grandson of it, in my opinion, at least the best head coach Michigan football has seen in a really, really long time. He won a national championship. Um, you know, you can say what you want about Bo. Bo never won a championship. I would take Lloyd Carr over Bo. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion or not, but I digress. Um, really just seems like a lost cause here. And obviously there's a lot of uh, time to make up ground in this recruitment. Uh, he's in the 24 class, so he's not going to be signing this December. He's going to be signing next December. So there is a ton of time to sort all of this out. Uh, John, I'm just going to throw it to you for your first uh, reaction to uh, seeing that he was going to be committing so soon. And then all of the crystal balls flowing now for Notre Dame, just a a bit of a head scratcher for me, honestly. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise here is that he is going to wrap up his recruitment so early. I think um, Michigan definitely thought they had some more time to keep fighting in this battle, but I think Notre Dame just really – um, knocked out of the park here and was able to get him to move up his timeline and presumably commit to them um, later in the week. So I think that was just a really good job by them and kind of a shocker to Michigan staff and the other schools recruiting him. Um, you know, he mentioned in his announcement they wanted to get going, like recruiting his class of guys too. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be a really big thing for Notre Dame, unfortunately. Um, for them on the recruiting trails that keep this buzz going. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely insane that this is <laughs> this is what it's come to. And I, you know, Seth, I'll toss it to you. I, I don't want to say that uh, you know this is doomsday by any means, but I certainly you never want to see uh, a Michigan legacy quite like him 
um, end up committing to a, not only a different school, but a rival school. But Michigan, I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to say this is like, you know, all hope is lost, not only with CJ Carr, but they're also recruiting a couple other five-star quarterbacks. Jaden Davis, who's in the 24 class, he's the number one quarterback in the class, number two player in the country. He was just visiting Michigan this past weekend. They also are in it for Julian Sain, who is a five-star quarterback, the third-ranked quarterback in the class, number 15 uh, overall in the country. So. It's not like it was CJ Carr or bust like it is in the 23 class with Dante Moore. Um, Now, what I will ask you, Seth, is if you think, speaking of Dante Moore, do you think that this potential commitment for CJ Carr in the 24 class to Notre Dame impacts what Dante Moore may do? Because I I feel like it does, because it's been said uh, by multiple people that these two quarterbacks would not ever commit to the same program. So you would imagine that with him committing to Notre Dame, you would imagine Dante Moore is probably going to be looking harder at different schools, such as Michigan. Uh, Maybe a Texas A&M gets a better look. Maybe an Oregon gets a better look. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, I think Michigan uh, is going to definitely benefit from C.J. Carr committing to Notre Dame if that does happen uh, with Dante Moore. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I mean, as a Michigan fan, um, you would obviously hope that that this would mean, you know, that Dante Moore is obviously opening up his list of schools. You know, if Carr doesn't cho- does indeed choose Notre Dame on on Thursday, that Moore would say, "Hey, not only Michigan, but you know, you talked about Texas A and M, and they've been kind of getting into the fold for for him as well." Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely going to benefit Michigan whether whether Dante Moore, you know, decides to to go in the direction of the Wolverines. You know, that that'll remain to be seen. But um, yeah, I mean. When when speaking to Carr, it's 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 a little bit of a disappointment, obviously, um, especially when you know you look at you know they're looking at other top quarterbacks as well, but that he's obviously the one that's in your backyard and and just the highest chance to to probably recruit and and get um, you know out of out of the quarterbacks that are that are highly ranked there. So no, I, I think it's a blow. I was I was kind of wondering if if you guys think you know since it's it's so early. Um, and and him committing on on Thursday do do you think it's just like over like you know he's he's committed like he's verbally committed obviously we've seen guys verbally commit and they they reverse course and and whatnot like I was going to ask you guys do you think Michigan would have any shot down the road maybe to just continue to recruit him and you know I mean I know it's hard to say but I was just wondering if you guys think it's like dead set over um, if he chooses Notre Dame uh, on Thursday. Well, I, I don't personally think it's ever done until ink gets uh, onto paper. So I, I think they will end up going after him still. I, I don't think they're just going to stop recruiting him by any means just because of you know all those factors that we've already laid out there. Highly ranked kid from the state of Michigan has deep family ties to the program. So, uh, John, you may think differently, but I, I think they're going to recruit him until December of 2023 uh, if it ends up taking that long, uh, unless they get one of these other five-star quarterbacks to commit um, a- as early as a CJ Carr does, then I would anticipate they continue to recruit him. What do you think, John? And then we'll move on. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes in these occasions, they kind of tend to move on uh, more than you would think. And I think with them in good position with a lot of the other uh 
good top QBs in that class um, and maybe with the potential opening with Dante Moore. I'm not sure that I think they'll go after him um, as hard as uh, they would before he was uncommitted, but that's just uh, my opinion and read of things. So who knows? Yeah, it's an intriguing situation, no doubt. So we'll certainly monitor all of this. And yeah, it's just (laughs) certainly was shocking to see that on Twitter today uh, that uh, CJ Carr would be committing so quickly in this 24 class, not, not really uh, something you see a whole lot of a a junior prospect uh, of his caliber, nonetheless, um, highly ranked ends up committing super early. So uh, we'll certainly monitor that and uh, keep everybody informed on how all of this goes, but let's move on to a a couple other topics here uh, because there were, let's switch back to the 23 class um, uh, for the remainder of this podcast. 24 is out the window uh, positive vibes only the rest of the way, boys. So Michigan ended up uh, sending out a couple of new offers uh, to a pair of 23 recruits with some very intriguing backgrounds. And this happened over the weekend. So the first one uh, that uh, we'll discuss here is three-star offensive lineman Ryan Caretta. And he is 6'5", 310 pounds. He is from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, He's ranked number 912 overall in the composite and the number 77 offensive tackle in the class, number 32 in the state of Ohio in 2023. Has other offers from Kentucky, Duke, Louisville, Purdue, Illinois, pretty much a lot of really good basketball schools. Um, But he was offered by Jim Harbaugh and uh, Sharon Moore after he uh, put on a a really strong performance uh, on the camp front. Uh, this past weekend in Ann Arbor. Uh, He had uh, interviewed with Alan Trio of 24-7 Sports uh, after he got the offer and uh, had told him that he is now looking to officially visit at some point in the near future. He has an official visit set up for Pitt the weekend of June 17th, so he will not be in Ann Arbor for Victor's weekend. Uh, He's also looking to set up um, an official visit with Kentucky as well. So John, I'll throw it right back to you, my friend. This uh the board at offensive tackle is very interesting this cycle. I'm not sure where he would fit in um on that board or where he would really fit in with the team along the offensive line, but he looks like a kid who could play right tackle but also move inside if needed. I wanted to get your thoughts on this offer um as we kind of just keep progressing into the summer, they had a few offers like this last summer along the camp circuit. Alessandro uh, Lorenzetti is the one that comes to mind uh, since he committed to Michigan last cycle uh, in a very similar way. Uh, so just wanted to get your thoughts on this offer and uh, what Ryan Coretta uh, might bring to the Wolverines if he were to commit. Yeah, I think it's always significant when a kid at a camp gets um, an offer after the coaches watch him, I think that means they think highly of his ability, um, even though he's not that highly ranked right now. Um, I think if he wants to be in this class, though, he's going to he might have to set up a visit pretty soon because Michigan's, you know, kind of set to get a lot of their top targets at offensive line on campus in the next couple of week, weeks with, you know, Paul Mubanga and Logan Howland and Evan Link and uh, Landon Hatchett guys, all guys like that. Um, Chris Tarek, who Michigan's also really high on, have been recruiting for a while, are uh, making official visits, you know, the 10th and the 17th. So, and I think there's definitely potential for 
um, multiple of them to commit. So I think that's going to tell a lot of where um, the Coretta fits on the board. Um, if they keep recruiting him hard, um, even after they land a few of these guys, um, assuming that they do following these official visits. So I guess we'll uh, have to see after that. Yeah, Seth, how about you, buddy? I mean, this is just one of those, like John said, I mean, you always kind of uh, raise your eyebrows a little bit more when they end up offering a kid uh, along the camp circuit. certainly means that not only did they see him perform, uh, but they were also reportedly very uh, happy with the way that his body has progressed uh, this offseason as well. So certainly worthy of the offer if they saw him um, you know, in this camp setting. And uh, very interesting offer nonetheless. Also from Columbus. And uh, to pull a kid from Columbus, even though he may not uh, get an offer from Ohio State, I, I'll take the minor victories when I can get them, Seth. I certainly will. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Any victory over over Columbus is should be celebrated for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, like you guys said, you make a valid point. Anytime you, you see a guy in person and, you know, the coaches get a chance to to evaluate and, you know, see how he's progressed and, like I said, with his body and just going through the – through the things that they put him through um, during the camp. That's, you know, obviously they were, they were very impressed with what they saw. Um, I think John made a good point of, you know, it, he's going to have to get on, on campus soon. I think uh, for Michigan, if, if he really wants to, to get himself, um, you know, in the mix and we'll see, you know, as, as these official visits happen with some of these, um, you know, top tier offensive linemen coming up, um, you know, we'll see where things fall there. But I think a guy that Michigan just wanted to, to kind of, you know, pinpoint and, and, and say, Hey, you know, this is a guy that, um, you know, if things work out, then, you know, he doesn't have a, a whole lot of, you know, other huge offers. Um, and if he keeps progressing and keeps, um, you know, working his way up the board, then, then it's a guy who could, who could fit in somewhere. Um, if he were to, you know, if, if, if both parties continue to, to show interest. So, so yeah, I think it's one of those things where Michigan says, Hey, you know, we like this guy, we saw him, you know, let's, let's give him an offer and, and kind of see where things go from here. Yeah, just trust the coaches' evaluations, and, I mean, things will work out for sure. Um, let's talk about the second recruit who was offered over the weekend because this is this kid's even more interesting than uh, Coretta. His name is uh, – I don't know how I'm going to be able to pronounce this. <laughs> it's Americh Kumba. Uh, he is a 2023 edge prospect uh, listed at 6'4", 230, and he lives in France, so he is an international prospect, which is certainly an angle that Michigan can hit hard, thanks to guys like David Ojabo and Quiddy Pay, uh, who just so happened to also be edge recruits uh, in their days as high school recruits. So Mike Elston is uh, the one who extended this offer. Um, also, it seems like he's really sent out offers to like a million edge prospects in this cycle alone, but... Kumba might be uh, the most interesting of the bunch. He uh, nailed the, the Michigan offer and a few others after a camp uh, a setting of his own over the weekend. He also got offers from Georgia Tech and Colorado and UConn, a few others in there as well. Um, so he posted all of those offers on Twitter. And uh, the one that he pinned to his Twitter profile is the Michigan one. So that should kind of tell you how high the Wolverines are in his recruitment right off the bat. Um, so like I said earlier, John, uh, Michigan can really hit that angle of international players having success at Michigan. Uh, just look at Ojabo and Quiddy Pay. 
Um, you know, if it wasn't for the uh, Achilles injury to Ojabo, I think you'd be able to say that both of those guys who were international prospects at one point, uh, both became first round picks out of the University of Michigan. So it's just unfortunate that Ojabo fell to the second round because of the injury. Um, but it is what it is at this point. I, I think if you're Mike Elston, if you're Jesse Minter and, and Michigan, you just hit that angle really, really hard, especially if you want him in your class, if this is a, uh, a takeable uh, commitment here um, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I would say with, with the way that Elston recruits, he's a really good recruiter. You got this international angle and the need for multiple edge guys in this class. They don't really have one at this moment. Uh, John, this should be a slam dunk for Michigan if they really push for him. Yeah. You talked about Elston offering a lot of edges. He's also specifically offering a lot of, uh, guy, international guys at edge, you know, Mapoyi and Collins, Achi Pong and uh, by Job and guys like that. So I think he definitely has a type there and is going to use Michigan's pitch that you talked about with specifically with these guys. And I think it'll eventually pay off. Um, you know, I was reading about him, about uh, how he's going to go back to France, I think for the summer, then try to make his official visits in the fall. Um, which I think Michigan will probably receive one of those if they're still hot after him at that point. So I think this is another one where kind of the timeline will, uh, you know, determine how much, uh, how much Michigan pursues him based on who they have in the class so far. So, you know, if they decide he's a top target, I think they'll keep pushing him and make him a take no matter what. But if they fill up with guys from this, uh, June visit stretch, then, uh, they may drop contact for a little bit. So I think it's just one guy to keep tabs on. I think it'd be easy to forget because he's, uh, you know, across the ocean uh, in France, but uh, definitely an intriguing guy for sure. Yeah. Seth, why don't you get your thoughts on uh, Kumba as well at six four two thirty? I mean, he fits that mold that Ojabo played in that, uh, uh, in the new style of defense that Michigan's going to have moving forward with Jesse Minter as that outside linebacker edge rusher, I mean, he kind of fits the bill, um, you know, height, weight wise, and uh, reportedly has a wingspan of seven one. So that uh, that's that's a pretty long wingspan for uh, a guy just in general. I mean, it, and it doesn't really seem like he's had a whole lot of experience playing football. So again, another one of those raw type of defensive line prospects that Michigan has historically recently done very well with. I just I just have to say, Vaughn, it's um it's kind of satisfying listening to you struggle with a, a name pronunciation instead of <laughs> instead of me every week. So <laughs> I'm giving you a run for your money, man. I, I had right. to do it every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I no, I think um, you know, it's it's intriguing that, you know, Mike Elston is kind of kind of picked off picked up where, you know, the old coaching staff left off in terms of recruiting these international prospects, you know, at the the edge rusher position um of course it makes sense with the transition from mike mcdonald into jesse mentor and and considering you know they have similar schemes and you know similar talent evaluation i think um from that standpoint as well but no obviously a a player that michigan is you know that that could you know if they continue to pursue then you know like i said it should be slam dunk for them um if they you know continue like his frame and the way he you know if, if they feel like they can get him on on campus and develop him like they did with Ojabo and Pay and 
in these guys that have that have really panned out. So no, I, I think it's a it's a good strategy to, you know, to keep trying to um, you know, kind of get momentum with with the, these type of players and um, you know, it's something that if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. So the the player development um, you know, from that that standpoint's been really good from the mission coaching staff. So yeah, this is really intriguing to me. Yeah, and they still got Julius Welshov on campus too. So if he does take an official to Michigan and they do want him to commit when uh, he does end up visiting campus, just pair him up with Welshov and have him talk about life at Michigan for the international prospects and, uh, you know, just go from there. I I think you could really hit that angle hard. And I I think that's really the biggest and most important angle uh, that they're going to hit in this recruitment or just really any of the recruitments for these international guys. Cause like John said, they're going after a few of them. So it, it should be kind of easy to sell that um, to these kinds of recruits. Um, very interested to see how this all pans out moving forward, but uh, let's, let's move on to our last topic here. Uh, running out of time, but I want to talk about uh, this upcoming weekend. They're going to be uh, in Ann Arbor, going to have uh, a lot of, official visitors here and they just had a couple guys last week who officially visited but so this is really uh the weekend where the fun really starts obviously next saturday uh next friday saturday is uh, victor's weekend uh but this weekend uh, you're still got like a dozen or uh, probably 12 to 15 uh when it's all said and done uh 2023 prospects uh, who will be on campus starting this Friday. So we really should know a lot more about Michigan's class by the end of the month. So we can't hit all of the guys on the podcast today that are going to be visiting. So we're just going to talk about a few of them today and go to maizeandbrew.com later this week, and you will find the full list of players officially visiting. Uh, But for now, let's just talk about a few of them. Uh, We all picked one guy that we wanted to chat about extensively. Uh, So we'll start with the guy that I picked. And I'm going with four-star tight end Luke Haas. And I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name uh, either. H-A-S-Z is how you spell that if you want to go look up his profile um, on any of the recruiting websites. But he's a relatively new target, has been committed to Arkansas since January. He is a top 100 overall player, the number five tight end in the 23 class. And according to the Michigan Insider, the reason that Michigan offered him in the first place is because he's the one who reached out to Michigan, uh, kind of expressing interest. It wasn't the other way around. Uh, so they chatted, Michigan offered, and then he said his official visit not long after that offer. So it does seem like he's pretty locked in and committed to Arkansas. And I do think it will be tough to pry him away, um, mainly because uh, Arkansas is really working hard on this recruitment here. Uh, they offered his brother, who is another 2023 prospect very recently. So the opportunity for him to play with his brother in college is absolutely there if he wants it at Arkansas. But in my opinion, you can't deny that Michigan is a better opportunity in general, especially for his position group at tight end. Jim Harbaugh has put tons of guys in the league for years at his position, going back to his days at Stanford. So at the very least, uh, he's going to check out Ann Arbor, see what they have to offer. And uh, as a Michigan fan, you would just hope and pray that they do enough this weekend to have him uh, back out of that verbal commitment to Arkansas. So, John, I'll pass it to you real quick. What do you think about this recruitment and Michigan's chances with him? 
Yeah, I think the signs are kind of pointing that he's maybe looking around at other schools, you know, obviously reaching out to Michigan while being committed to Arkansas is a big one. And I think Arkansas themselves are nervous um, just given the fact that they're offering his uh, brother, who's not quite the same level of prospect as he is. So I think, um, you know, Arkansas coaches kind of notice that he's not quite as satisfied as they'd like to. So I think there's definitely an opening here for Michigan to swoop in and make a big move here this weekend. Yeah, definitely a, a gigantic opportunity. And, and he visited Alabama last weekend. So you can never really count out the Crimson Tide when it comes to any top 100 prospect, really. Seth, what do you think about this recruitment very quickly? Just very interesting how this has progressed very quickly and then set this official visit. This is a big weekend for Michigan in this recruitment. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've talked about the the tight end spot, um, you know, for the 2023 class quite a bit in kind of different directions. Uh, Michigan is, you know, could potentially go with this and with, with some guys um, coming in to officially visit as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's um, like John kind of said that Arkansas was, you know, maybe maybe he's kind of feeling that, you know, that um, that he could look in a different direction here. And the Michigan's really, really been able to get in the mix and, and get him on campus. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's it's a big weekend. Um, I really like him as as a prospect as well. Um, you know, and it'd be a huge get for Michigan if they could if they could reel him in in this class. And like you said, Jim Harbaugh's, um, you know, history with developing tight ends and and being able to, um, you know, they, they always contribute in Michigan's offense. So it's got to be an intriguing, intriguing place for uh, for Haas to see if he can, um, you know, see if see if both both parties can continue to show interest and just see what happens here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a massive weekend for this recruitment and so many more. John, what uh, prospect did you choose uh, that you want to highlight real quick? Uh, I'm going to talk about Ramir Stewart, who is a four-star safety from Emotep Institute in uh, Philadelphia. He's actually not taking an official visit, which I think is notable. He's coming up for an unofficial. So, um, you know, I think he's a pretty quiet kid. Doesn't talk as much about his top schools. Um, Michigan's made his top group, but it's kind of unclear where he falls in that or where he is on Michigan's board. Um, But I think getting him up for this unofficial is big because it means they can get him back on campus for an official in the fall um, once the board kind of shakes out better. And it was also just um, announced that his teammate, um, who's a four-star linebacker, Samaj Bridgman, will be taking an official visit this weekend um, along with him. So I think that'll be good. Michigan's linebacker uh, board is pretty thin right now, too. So they can get wrap both those guys up. I think that would be really nice and fill some holes in the recruiting class. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, the, the defensive backboard, it's, it's been a really intriguing one this cycle as well. And they don't really need a ton at a corner or safety this cycle, but uh, to get him up on campus for an unofficial this weekend is just absolutely huge. Get him back uh, on campus. Uh, why not just schedule it for the Penn state game and uh, just have it be a blowout. That would be uh, something worthwhile. I'm sure for a kid from, Pennsylvania. Uh, Seth, any quick remarks on this recruitment uh, before we turn over to your guy? Oh, no, I was, I was going to bring up my guy. Um, as yeah, well. go right ahead. Yeah. Um, I just had Jair Hill. Um, he's a, he's an athlete from, from Illinois, from Kanaki, Illinois. Um, 
a guy that Illinois was his first offer um, back in 2021. And, and when Illinois offered him, he was a, he was a three-star recruit and, you know, over, over the past year or so he shot up. He's a, he's a four-star now 302nd ranked player in the country, according to 247. He has a crystal ball that's projected to Michigan and, you know, according to on three, uh, Michigan is, is trending in his favor as well. I know the one concern about him was um, just physically, um, I know he he could potentially project as a, as a defensive back as well. So as we're on that topic and speaking of corners, but you know, he weighs 170. So I know, I know physically that, that he might have a little, a little work to do, but um, he's a guy that's, that's also coming in the 10th that um, in January, um, it was before Mike McDonald um, left for, for Baltimore. He, he had a good relationship with McDonald, but Bellamy was also, um, has also been his main recruiter so that that relationship hasn't fallen off even with McDonald, um, you know, leaving. So, so that's, it's been able to maintain a, a good relationship with, with Bellamy and, and the coaching staff. So that's a guy, you know, after, after he visits this weekend that um, we could find out more about as well. And in, in, in terms of a potential commitment, hopefully, or, or maybe for him. So, um, but we'll see what happens, but he's, yeah, he's, he's the guy that I kind of, um, had chosen and it'll be interesting to to see what comes out of that yeah I think they probably are looking at him to play somewhere in the defensive backfield as well whether it be safety or corner I think he could have an opportunity to to make his case for either position I think that's probably where he's best suited but uh it's it's really going to be a huge weekend for that one as well because I I honestly did think that there may have been an opportunity for them to lock him in before these official visits took place and kind of seems like Illinois is, is making some noise in this, um, in this recruitment here, they got his uh, a visit last weekend and it really seems like the fighting ally and I have made up some ground here, but um, until proven otherwise, I think Michigan is probably the leader in this recruitment, but I certainly wouldn't be shocked if Illinois had something to say uh, before the, the end of this recruitment here, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like him as a prospect. He's a, a solid four star on 24 seven sports and on the composite, he's ranked 302nd in the country. 24 seven has him at 158. So um, uh, definitely a lot higher than the composite does, but really good prospect. And um, no, like I said, go to uh, mazenbrew.com later this week. We'll have a full visitors list. There's a lot of really good prospects coming this weekend and a lot of good prospects coming next weekend for Victor's weekend too. So we'll uh, certainly chat about that next week, but that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at buddy? At Simmons underscore John. Seth, where are you at on Twitter? At Barry underscore Seth 14. And follow Amazing Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast network and uh, leave five-star reviews for all of our podcasts. Go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate all the support that you can give to us. Thank you so very much for listening. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Go Blue!